0: Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where you learn what you need to know about how the world wants to work. And now your host, coworking space owner and trend expert, Jamie Russo. Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Russo. We are into 2022. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast episode. It was a case study with Jim Hyde, who owns a coworking space in Healdsburg, California. It is a must listen if you didn't get to that. And we have some fantastic episodes teed up for you for the next few weeks. So today we are talking about Key performance indicators for the beginning of 2022 for your co-working business. And then we have up next, I have an interview with Feather, the furniture company that's partnered with WeWork to do on-demand furniture for co-working spaces. So I can't wait to share, wait to share that one. We're doing some Q&A episodes, pulling questions from the Facebook group, and a case study on um, a HubSpot implementation, and a number of other marketing updates that 12x'd the incoming leads for a co-working space in Northern Virginia. So if you are not subscribed to the podcast, hit the subscribe button because you don't want to miss these. And if you're a YouTube fan, we are putting these on YouTube so you can also watch. And I have to confess, if you watch this one, I'm a little casual tonight I'm in my sweatshirt. I'm recording in the evening, which I usually don't do. And so my lighting is a little dark. It's dark outside and I have to pull out all the big fancy lights in order to offset the darkness, which I have not done. So I decided done. Wait, what do they say? Good and done is better than great and not done. So we are getting this rolling. I am um, trying to qualify for a CrossFit competition in the summer. So you have to go through six workouts in order to get a spot in this competition. And I will say that the workouts are a little, um, out of my league, which doesn't usually happen to me because I'm fairly competitive. Um, so I, yeah, I felt over the weekend, like I had broken myself and I'm still recovering and I can't actually sit down very comfortably right now. So I'm standing Um, But anyway, okay, so beginning of 2022, it is a time to focus on planning for the year, being intentional, and being in touch with your numbers. So for those of you that don't know what we get up to when we're not doing the podcast I run um, the co working startup school. So I help folks start co working spaces. And I can tell you, we spend a lot of time in the numbers in that program because the numbers matter a lot when you're designing your business. Um, that's super, super important to me. We just created a new forecasting model that I'm super excited about. I hired someone from Upwork to help me make it fancier and easier to use. And then I also um, run a mentorship program. So I do some one-on-one work. I run a flight group program, which is a mastermind for operators. And um, I run community manager university. So I spent a lot of time with operators and community managers. And one thing I note is that it can be hard to look at our numbers and hard to make time for that and hard to have a scorecard that we are happy with. So we're always kind of working on... Um, what that format is, if you have a scorecard that you use for your business that you're willing to share, we don't need to see your numbers, but the template that is in high demand. So send it over if you're willing to share that. So why are numbers so important? So in, in particular, key performance indicators. Um, by the way, we have done two episodes on key performance indicators and. Um, I have the kind of personality. I do not like to watch movies twice. I don't like to read books twice. I'm sort of in that mode of like, look, there's so much good content out there. Why would you watch anything again? Why would you waste time on that? My husband, on the other hand, will watch anything over and over again. He loves, um, I think of, let's see, uh, it'll come to me. He has a couple of series that he will just watch endlessly. And he's a very smart guy, um, but he just loves to relax with content that he loves. So, I don't usually like to repeat things, except there are a few things that you know are super important. Your Google business profile, I talk about that a lot, and um, your numbers. So we've done a couple of other episodes on KPIs, which are key performance indicators, which just like important numbers, scorecard, those are some good synonyms for that term if it's not something you are familiar with. So we'll link those up in the show notes. The last one was episode 181. Um, but we're going to talk about it again, because I think it's a, it's hard to get into the habit of looking at numbers and managing numbers and having your scorecard and integrating your team into the conversation. And so it's one of those things it's good to repeat and sort of try to get that new habit for the new year of focusing on numbers. So what, why is it important to pay attention? I am going to focus particularly on some key performance indicators that are probably shifting for folks. And we've talked about this a lot too. But, you know, who, how many tours, what does your lead volume look like? So, how many tours are getting booked? How many are showing up? So, how many of them are serious and committed? And how many are you closing? And then, really important things like how are people finding you? And what products are the leads interested in? These are really critical in terms of making decisions in our business. So, when we think about you know, why are these things important, these are the only data points we can use to really predict the trajectory of our business. And as optimistic business owners, I fall into this category all the time. You know, I am not so interested in keeping the same growth pace, right? I want there to be an incremental growth pace. So I want like the hockey stick of growth but we don't know that that will happen, right? Sometimes it will happen, but the only data we can use is the trend that we have right now. And we have to track these numbers for our own location to understand, this current location, to understand what the growth trajectory is going to look like and what pace we can expect. And we absolutely need to document this journey if we're thinking about doing additional locations. In particular, if you need to get Bank loans, investors, you're going to do a management agreement, any of those external relationships, you will need to have a track record of numbers and show that you understand how to predict your fill up rate, essentially, right? Because this model, you got to get the lease right or you got to own the building and then you need to fill up quickly or else you're burning capital waiting to fill up. So those, two aspects, the, you know, the lease and then the fill up are critical to the success. And there's lots of little details that, you know, are drivers for that success, but it comes down to that, right? So you want to know what that pace looks like, and you want to be able to predict that, and you want to document it so that you know what to expect the next time. Because if you don't, I think it's like childbirth, you'll forget all the pain and Or, you know, winter in Chicago. I used to say winter in Chicago is like childbirth, it's terrible. And then, you know, you completely forget it when the summer comes because you love the summer so much. But we forget the pain points, right? And as as entrepreneurs, we have to be overly optimistic um, or else we won't survive. So, (laughs) tracking the numbers helps us to be a little more objective and a little more realistic and helps us with our external constituents. And those external constituents, as I mentioned, might be investors, bankers, might be your spouse who wants to know, you know, hey, when are you going to get back to paying half the mortgage? Or, you know, when are you going to get back to, you know, contributing to our retirement fund? And for your own expectation. So I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we like to live in this optimistic, hopeful world where we just want to see what's next and we want to keep taking action and we're not really interested in The trends. We just want to keep going and going will help everything get better and will help us fill up faster. But it's good to know your numbers for these reasons. Also, um, the book, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll hold up my traction book. The EOS system talks about using your scorecard to change the course before it's too late. So they talk in the book about how your scorecard is an indicator of what's to come on your P&L. If you're using the P&L to st- tell the story of your business, you are looking at historical numbers, right? So probably you're working with your bookkeeper, like that has happened by the time you are looking at a P&L and you can't change that story. You can only look forward. And so if you're keeping a scorecard that is updated weekly and is tracking towards the goal for the month, then you know if you're ahead or behind. So this um, traction, scorecard, all these things are coming up a lot right now because it's the beginning of the year. And also, um, I mentioned I run a flight group program. We are making some adjustments to that. So we will be opening the invitation for others to join in the next month or so. But we have um, a group that has committed to an EOS accountability group. EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System that's taught by Traction and Gino Wickman. And um, that group has been meeting and trying to get good at setting goals, tracking those goals, making progress against those goals, putting numbers in their scorecard. Um, So we use that group as an accountability group. We actually, um, shout out to Felicia Rubenstein, who recruited a um, an EOS specialist. She's to come um, support our group and to help us through the process a little bit, which was a real treat. We did that right at the end of December. Hey there. Our next cohort for our management agreement course called Creative Co-working Partnerships is starting on monday, january twenty fourth. If you are a landlord or a co-working space operator looking to get into a creative partnership structure, To put a co working flex office into the building that has the right upside for each party while being confident that you've covered all the who does what and what ifs before you commit, then you need to become an expert on how management agreements and other creative deal structures work. I've partnered with management agreement expert and real estate expert Mike Abrams to develop a course covering structuring and negotiating management agreements and other creative partnerships from A to Z. If you are a co-working space operator looking to expand through a creative deal structure or you're a landlord looking to add co-working or flex to your building, we designed this course for you. You can get all the details at everythingcoworking.com forward slash management agreements. The course is online and it's actually available anytime. But we like to run cohorts because we feel there's a ton of value in participating in the group calls so you can get your questions answered live and you can learn from what others are up to because we have a lot of folks who are actively negotiating and jumping into their creative co-working partnerships right now. We actually launched this course almost a year ago, which seems crazy. We invite any past students into our new cohort so that they can continue to learn, continue to get questions asked, because we know these deals can sometimes take a while to get done. So the next cohort starts on Monday, January 21st. So sign up now so that you can jump into that cohort. You can get all the details at everythingcoworking.com forward slash management agreements. So here's what I would say about KPIs and scorecard at the beginning of 2022. You want to make sure you have a process in place for tracking them. So you may have your own kind of spreadsheet and track the things you want to track. Um, We have a KPI document. Many of you have probably seen this document by now. Um, But if you haven't, we'll link it up in the show notes. It is a key performance indicator for coworking spaces. It is lengthy and detailed. It's, It's like the kitchen sink. Anything you might want to track in your business, it's probably in there. And if there's anything missing, please send us an email so you can grab that. But like I said, I'm going to sort of focus on a little subset of that because what that what the KPI document will help you do is determine what you want to put in your scorecard. And again, the scorecard is really an indicator of the health of your business. So it might track things like you know, bank account balance, it might track cash flow, it might track um, tours, occupancy, things that really drive your business. And you want to look at those again weekly, because if you only look at them monthly, the month has happened by the time you have that data. So you want to look every week so that you can pull some levers. And I totally get, it's not that easy to find levers to pull in our business that quickly, but you still want to look and be really in tune. And I find it really helpful to have accountability. So I mentioned our flight group is doing this EOS accountability group. We meet once a month and we post our seven-day tasks in a Slack group channel um, once a week. So you might find some other accountability partner. So it might be someone on your team. It might be your community manager, your operations manager, someone on your leadership team. We have folks in our flight group that have leadership teams that do an EOS um, planning meeting once a quarter which is fantastic and they bring in a facilitator someone external to help them through the process uh, so you could do that you can use your um, bookkeeper as an accountability partner i met with my bookkeeper today to go through december again already happened but i had done you know my planning and my budgeting for 2022 and um, i was complaining about some of my expenses we went through my software line by line, you know, she's kind of, you know, pushing me on, are you sure you really use this one? What do you use that for? Are you sure you can't cancel it? So your bookkeeper might be a good person because you meet, you should meet with them once a month. Sometimes I feel like really, what do we need to talk about? And she, I think just, again, feels like she's my accountability partner, likes to get in there, poke around, ask me about my goals, what's working, what's not working, et cetera. Um, And find an accountability partner for your goals. So I talk to my bookkeeper about numbers because numbers are kind of personal. And so we like to keep those to ourselves. The bookkeeper sees all the numbers, so no problem there. And then I have an accountability partner that I go through my uh, EOS goals with. So my annual goals and my quarterly goals. And we do that every week or every couple of weeks if our schedules get a little crazy. So find someone that you can do that with and just like Bake it in. I've also joined um, a membership and they have like finance co-working sessions every two times a week. So I don't usually make both of them, but at least one of them. And I have my little list of things that I have to get done that are finance related that I usually like put to the back burner and don't take care of. And then they sort of fester and become a problem. And looking at my numbers um, for the, you know, for what's happening. Am I on target for where I want to be for the month? So that can be um, an accountability approach as well. Okay. so in terms of predicting your business's cadence, we talked about your scorecard being important and helping you to do that. And here's, I just want to come run through a couple of examples. So here are the core things that you want to be tracking in your business there are lots more that you can track, but in terms of sort of lead volume and the cadence of closing new members. um, As an aside, (laughs) uh, Andrea Howell, I'm going to give her a quick shout out, posted looking for software to help track member contributions to the community. And I was like mind blown, you know, with that. I don't know anyone who does that. That's a really special KPI that is not related to, you know, sort of filling up. Maybe it's member retention, community health. So I'm not going to focus on those today, but I love those as well. And if anybody has a tracking tip for Andrea, I can't imagine how she could do without doing it manually. And we all get, you know, question like, is it worth it? Should we be tracking all these things? But generally, yes. Okay. So you want to track the number of tours that get booked and the number of tours that show up. If The number that showed percentage of tours that show up is below about 80%. You want to work on your tour outreach, or you want to figure out whether if those leads are not quality leads, like they're not showing up because something surprised them and and it's not a fit. You want to kind of figure out where that gap is because nobody wants tours in Calendly or Acuity that don't show up, right? That's really demoralizing and it's just a waste of time. I have a um, coaching member that I work with who had a pretty low show-up rate, and they started making phone calls to to confirm tours. And their show-up rate went up to like 90%. And that seems really simple and obvious, but probably a lot of people are not taking that step. Everything's automated, lots of emails. If you can send text reminders, I always think that's awesome. And we used to also make sure this might've been before Calendly. We'd send a calendar invite to make sure that the person had it on their calendar versus just floating around in their brain. Entrepreneurs don't remember anything. (laughs) So number that show up, tours that close. And then we've been talking about this. And um, a couple of folks were talking about this in the Facebook group. Like, how do you actually track customer lifetime value? So Jeff Wood, I think, had posted this. So Jeff, super high five to you for trying to figure this out. I know it's not that easy. The GWA collects this data every couple of years, the Global Workspace Association. And I remember doing it for my space and feeling like, okay, this is not perfect. Um, and trying to figure out ways to track it. It depends on what software you're using. Um, Office RD and proximity and everybody else who's listening, if you could make this number one of the metrics that gets reported, that would make a lot of people really happy. But you can get close. So Jeff's, you know, point was: well, it's hard to be perfect because sometimes people upgrade and their membership dollars change and et cetera. So totally get that, but you should get a sense of how long do your office members stay, how long do your flex desk members stay? How often do your um, dedicated desk member stay and sort of any permutations of those memberships that you have. Because that again helps you predict your churn, which helps you predict your cadence. So, for instance, if you are looking at a churn rate that means you're going to lose a member a month and you're only gaining a member a month, you're going to be working like at a net zero membership gain every month, which doesn't work. The other couple of things, again, this is like, um, watching movies over again, because I talk about it a lot, but lead sources, how are people finding you? You have to ask them because, you know, we talk a lot about where to spend your money and time, Google ads, social media. There's, you know, it's challenging to sort of have the patience to, to track and test, to know what works for you, but you want to know how people are finding you ask every single person that walks in the door. How did you find us? Uh, I had to ask somebody today, I did a um, sort of a a one-on-one call with somebody and I said, hey, how did you find me? So he found me through the podcast, which is how many of you have found me. So that helps you know what type of marketing should you do more of, right? I can't stop doing the podcast because I would disappear basically from the face of the earth. Although we are going to start doing um, some live masterclasses. So we'll get to see you in person. So hang tight. We're going to announce that. One other thing I forgot to announce, this will come up in a little promo, but I was mentioning why we want to track these numbers. If you're interested in management agreements, Michael and I are opening our management agreement program third week in January. I think it's the 24th. So if you want to register and get in this new cohort, you can register at everythingcoworking.com forward slash management agreements and get all the details. Um, we invite our students from all of our former cohorts to our Q&A calls, which is Awesome because we have a bunch of folks working on active management agreements right now. So you'll learn a ton if you are working on one or getting ready to work on one. We hope that you will join us. Okay, so how are people finding you? What marketing should you do more of or less of? What product are your leads interested in? You must track this. And I think this is a gap for a lot of folks. You Hopefully you have this in your CRM when folks come in. Are they interested in an office? Not like what do they actually buy, but what did they tell you You're in. they're interested in? You want that data. Because again, that will help you predict your numbers and your cadence of filling up. So I'm gonna run through a quick example. Let's say that you typically get about 12 tours in a month. That may be high or low for you. I just picked 12 for some reason. If you have an 83% show up rate, then you get 10 tours that show up. If you likely have a mix of roughly 60% of those want an office, maybe 20% want a dedicated desk, maybe 20% of them want flex seating. This will be individual to you. So you want to track these numbers and you want to be able to figure out what that typically looks like. And these numbers may fluctuate month to month. So kind of find an average so that you can do the prediction. So if you close half of the tours that show up, you had 10 tours show up, you'll close five of them. And again, you should know your conversion rate so that you can predict your tours. So if you close half, five of the tours that show up, uh, three of them probably will want offices, one dedicated desk want, oh, sorry, you're closing. <laughs> I did this math based on the fact that you're closing half of uh, 50% of each lead type. So you've closed 50% of the office, which is just three, one dedicated desk, and one flex. And you can take a look at the revenue that you get from those memberships, and you can project what your revenue will be if you continue to close at that rate. So if your offices are 800 bucks a month and you close three of them a month, you're adding $2400 in cash flow. If you close one dedicated desk a month, that's 300 bucks a month that you're adding to your cash flow. If your flex desk is, you know, part-time flex, it's 150, then you're closing one of those a month, that's 150 bucks you're contributing to your cash flow. Which are your revenue. I shouldn't say cash flow, to your revenue. So, um that will help you predict If you sell one flex desk a month and you extrapolate that out, it will take you one year to sell 12 of them. Same with your dedicated desks. If it's one, then it'll take you one year to sell 12 of them. So if you don't change your conversion rate, and most people don't have a conversion rate higher than 50%. If you do, you are well above industry standard. High five. So... If, this, if you look at the numbers and you say, okay, this is what it is, then what you probably need to do is get more tours, right? And so your show up rate is 83%. You can increase that to 90 and that will help. Um, but 83 is also great. So if you double your tours from 12 to 24, now you have 20 tours that are showing up. You have 12 that want an office, four that want a dedicated desk, and four that want flex seating. So you're closing six offices a month which will definitely help your monthly revenue numbers, you're closing two dedicated desks and two flex seating. So I want to draw your attention to the fact that if you are full, if your offices are full and what you're working on is selling dedicated desks and flex seating, which is probably most of you, then that's the cadence you really want to pay attention to. And you want to know, okay, what percentage of my leads Every month, want which so in this case, just an example, but 40% of the leads are for a dedicated desk or flex. So you're already working on small numbers out of the number of tours. So in this example, we had 24 tours booked, only eight of them wanted a dedicated desk or flex seating. And if we close half of them, that's four new members a month. So in order to increase that number, we either have to keep Increase in the number of tours booked just to get the same percentage of people that want dedicated desk or flex seating. Or we have to figure out how do we just get more people in that want the dedicated desk or the flex seating? And this is why it helps to have that data. You can look at the leads and say, okay, what are some commonalities? Who's searching for dedicated desk? Where are they finding us? Are they looking for us on Google? Did they find us on social media? Did they get a, were they from a referral? You know, how did they get to us so that we know where to invest our marketing time and money when it's those folks that we're focused on finding? Same with the flex desk, the part-time folks. And those, that's a hard lever to pull, right? We hear that often. It's, well, my offices are full and now I'm focused on selling the open space. And open space churns faster. It can, we can have unexpected losses. So that's a caveat too, right? We track our numbers so that we can make some predictions, but sometimes it's hard to predict when somebody's going to leave, especially if we have. Anyway, I was just going to use the example of having a large office tied up. So you've got a large office of six people or 10 people. It can be painful when they leave. But again, if we know what our average churn rate is, if, if we don't have a contract, And even if you do have one year agreements, you need to know once you get that past that one year mark, what percentage of folks are going to flip over and renew for the next year and what percentage are not, because that'll help you plan your marketing spend. It'll help you plan for openings that you're going to have. So there's the first round to fill up, right? And then there's what do we do when those folks churn, which will happen every single month. What percentage of them are going to renew, which are not, and what are the levers that we pull? Are we Google ads? Are we, you know, looking for um, are we hosting more events? Are we running referral programs? What are you know, broker programs? What are the levers that we're pulling to get the folks in that we need to get in? So you want to know what the numbers are. So how quickly do the leads come in? So I had a question the other day from someone about, you know, worrying about filling up their flex seating. And I think this is very common for new operators, right? They assume they're going to run out of flex seating. Unfortunately, this is almost never the case. It's harder to sell flex seating and it takes a long time to sell it. And so if you know your numbers and how many you're converting every month and what the churn rate is, you can then predict when you'll sell out of it. You can also look at those numbers and say, you know what? I sell dedicated desks a lot faster. It makes more sense for me to convert some of my flex desks to dedicated desks because those close, you know, I'm closing four of those a month and I'm only closing two flex seats a month. So I'm going to run out of dedicated desks. I should flip over to flex. And again, I know some of you are saying, I can't sell dedicated desks. I have a flight group member who's like, can't yeah, sell dedicated desks. She happens to be very, very good at spreadsheets. That's not helping sell the dedicated desks. And so whatever the equation is for you, it's good to, if you look at the numbers, you can make decisions about marketing and about product. So that's it. I'm going to wrap here. So my reminder sort of takeaways for the episode are track your numbers. I'm going to put a sample scorecard. The scorecard for my traction friends is on page 118. I <laughs> have the book open. I always have to you know, look everything up. The EOS process takes time to learn. And this woman, Mary, who facilitated some sessions for us, kept reminding us, look, it takes companies months and months to get better at this, to get really comfortable with running their quarterly process, with running their L10 meetings, which is an EOS um, format for a meeting. It takes practice for big companies and small companies alike. So, Um, if you're newer to tracking numbers, it might take you some time to get used to it. And if you are old hat at tracking numbers, then, um, awesome. And I hope it is working for your business. We would love to hear any tips that you have, um, that everyone else might learn from. So find an accountability partner, find a system. I love traction and EOS. You can order the book on Amazon. I'll link to it in the show notes, get a system that works for you. and block some time out in your calendar every week to look at those numbers and predict how your business is going to continue to evolve. Okay. We will see you next week for our interview with the founder of Feather, who does on-demand furniture. So for those of you thinking about starting a space or adding a new space, this one will be a hot topic for you. I'll see you then. Hey there. Thanks for sticking with us through the end of the episode. Don't forget to subscribe. On your favorite podcast player. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please go leave us a review. It helps other folks find the podcast who are thinking about starting a co working space or already operating a co working space and are looking to stay up to speed on tips and trends. And we started a YouTube channel. We'd love to have you catch us on video. You can join us for podcast videos and Q&A videos and other things that we post to the channel. We'd love to see you there.